Welcome to I Don't Need an Acting Class with Milton Justice. Walker sent me a question from someone that he saw <laughs> on Facebook, which really scares me. But, but it was an interesting question. It was a question that I think because of what we're doing these days and because we're doing everything on Zoom, that doesn't come up that often. But it's a question of what do you do when your partner sucks, basically. And I always said that there was a special, and this had to do with auditions, that there was a special school that readers went to where they were trained to give you absolutely nothing in an audition. In fact, I used it when I, years ago when I was coaching Kira Sedgwick, we'd work and we'd work and I'd act or do whatever, you know, my teacher acting. And then she'd say, she said, okay, could we do it just one time where you give me nothing so I can get used to the idea of what it's going to be like to be with a reader. So on one hand, what you are doing is you, I think what you end up doing is you invent your partner's response. There was a really interesting moment when I found out that Vanessa Redgrave took out her contact lenses when she was acting. And so I, I had the occasion to meet Miss Redgrave and I asked her if it were true and she said it was. And I said, well, I'm just curious, why do you take out your contact lenses? And she said, well, when I take them out, darling, she said, it gets all very fuzzy. And then I can't see my partner. And the point is, what I come up with is so much more interesting than anything he could come up with. I don't want to see him. So, and I just thought that was brilliant. And so, it, I mean, it, it was this wonderful sort of thing where you're in really inventing everything about your partner's response so you're kind of you're you're doing your part you're playing your action you're also playing their counteraction so you really run everything in the best of all possible worlds and also this doesn't exist i think in the best of all possible worlds if you were really working with somebody good you might be able to suggest to them something and the way you approach it is it would really help me if you would and then give them an action uh, and act as if it's your fault act as if it's your fault that you're having a problem so it's a it would really really help me if you would attack me with that line uh, because I, I just, I can't seem to get it. And I think, I think maybe. And so then it all becomes about them. I mean, it's like this weird, odd game that you play. I mean, the truth is there's nothing better than a fabulous partner. When I coach actors on auditions, I often suggest to them that they invent their partner's response. So I, I'll say, you know, act like they, 
Look, I mean, look, uh, look at them as if they just, they didn't understand. So you're explaining it. Or, or look at them and live off of maybe the idea that they're um, uh, about to disagree with you. And then, in other words, you invent something with them that gives you something more to play. And to me, this is essential in auditions because auditions can be very, very dry. You can, the auditions can come off like you're just doing lines. But if you, you know, and, and nobody has a great actor auditioning with them when they're putting themselves on tape. I mean, Greg has me by Zoom. I mean, you know, it's sort of like, and if his internet sucks, then, you know, I, I, there's a delay. Um, and so, and Teo has the same problem when I'm reading opposite him. Apparently, this also came from Kira years ago. <clears throat> she said to me, Milty, you have a habit of mouthing my words when I'm doing them. Uh, anyway, so, and I, and I had to laugh because it's sort of like I was willing her to get the part. So, like you were both playing her partner and playing her. I was playing her partner, but I'll tell you something, it's really, really rough when you're a teacher and you're reading opposite somebody because uh, Lee Grant told me this when she was doing the movie Shampoo with Warren Beatty. She said there was something about the fact that you were playing a scene with Warren and he was also directing it. So he wasn't looking at you as if you were acting. He was looking at you as the director. And so it, it's, you know, I, I just think there's no ideal situation. I mean, J.P. Pittock, who recently got a part on The Rookie, I coached him and then his wife read opposite him. And of course, I don't know which was worth me reading a drug thug or his wife reading a drug thug. You know, I mean, I can't do that part. I think maybe she did it better. So, I mean, it's a very decent question. It's a really good question. What do I do about the partner? Because so much of acting is dependent on the partner. I mean, it, 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 even when we're working on monologues, I, I've, you know, I've gone through this same thing, long discussions with Karim just about who the person he's talking to is, what the relationship is to that person, why he's telling this particular person what he's doing. And this is an Arthur Miller monologue. And Greg and Teo are working on uh, Angels in America. And it's the same thing. I mean, it's like this, this endless discussion about their relationship. Why are they together? Um, Guy is working on the rabbi. And so we've worked on what is his relationship to the congregation that he's talking to because the partner can help give you what you're playing. So uh, it, it's important. I, I almost think it's as, as important to build the relationship with the partner as it is 
to build the world that your play takes place in. And your friend is asking a very good question. What if your partner gives you nothing? And I would say, well, get ready. Because my guess is 90% of the time, they're not going to give you anything. And so you're going to be living off of something that isn't there, but it is important that you are able to both live off of it and respond to what you're living off of, which just basically tells you, I have to be able to do both parts. When I suggest to actors, how do you work on an audition? I always suggest that when you work on an audition, you improvise or you do an A2, let's say, that takes you from the beginning to the end of the audition. And film auditions are never longer than, I don't know, a page and a half for a scene. I mean, sometimes people say, my God, it's a four-page audition. I mean, that's it. So <clears throat> the reason I suggest to actors that they start by saying, so I'm in a room and the room is dark and the room is, is cobwebby. And so I see this kid and he looks like whatever it is. And so I say to him, so you're Carson's son? And then he says to me, yeah, which makes me think, so is that a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, in other words, so I not only talk about what my partner has said, I also talk about what my response to it is. So it takes the curse, I think, in a sense, off of me absolutely having to have a, a, a partner that responds because I have already talked out. I have already built the response. I even say, treat it like Either you're sitting there and you're talking out the scene, but you're talking out what your partner says and what you think about what your partner says. It's almost like if my partner says, is this your first time? Which makes me think, boy, she's stupid. I have their line and my response. So in a sense, I'm fine. You know, the number of times that actors have had to do their close-up without their partner there is often. I, d I, I worked on a film in the 70s. It was not a successful film. It was called Voyage of the Dam. I was a PA, but we were in Barcelona, so who cares? But, like, everybody was on, on this film. And so Julie Harris, I ran into Julie Harris in the lobby of the Ritz where we were staying about 7 o'clock in the morning. And I said, Julie, where are you going? And she, she said, oh, I'm going to the set. And I said, well, you know, you're not called today. And she said, yes, I know. But who will Victor respond to? And basically, it was, you know, it was a movie about the shipload of Jews that left Germany for Cuba. Um, and it was part of this thing that Hitler had prearranged with the Cuban government to refuse entry, but they let two children off. And so Victor was an actor named Victor Spinelli, and he was, he was in Cuba, of course, we were in Barcelona. And so basically she let the children go. 
And so she was concerned he'd have no one to respond to. So, you know, but, but you don't have actors like that anymore. You know, Pearl Bailey did the same thing on an after-school special I produced. <laughs> I said, Pearl, it's only your hands feeding the pigeons. And I said, you know, we do have a stand-in for you. And she said, yes, but she won't do that thing with her hands that I do. And besides, if the pigeons start to go someplace, I might want to do something different. It was like, but. We don't have those actors anymore. Anyway, is that helpful? Do you think that's... Am I missing something? I mean, I think it's it's the rule, not the exception, that the partner won't give you anything. I, I mean, if you approach it as, if my partner hadn't said what they said, I wouldn't be saying what I say. So it's like, I have to know what they say in order for me to, to respond. So, I mean, the, the added thing to it is exactly that. It, it, the added thing to that is I know what's going on with them. So I can respond to that because that's what all of this is. It's the idea, I know what my action is, but I also know what my partner's counteraction is in order for my action to exist. Anybody else thought? I don't know, some actors are just so weird. Like, um, like I remember one time I worked with this actor on a scene and it was a first re our first rehearsal. And like, I had worked on my stuff. And when we met up and we started reading the scene, he was like, almost like rushing. He's like, how do you think we met and stuff like that? I'm like, I'm like, I'm not sure yet. I haven't thought about that part yet. But And he was like, you don't know that yet? But that's just part of our process of like, I know I have to build that. I'm just not ready for it today. And I would sort of like go through the scene with him. And then he almost like in performance mode. And like in the middle of it, he would be like, oh, we're not listening. Let's, let, let's do a quick Meisner exercise. Come on. And I would be like, no, that's not helpful for me. Um, that, you, you could do that in your own way, but for me, like, that, that's just not going to help me. So what I learned from that first rehearsal was almost like nothing to do with the scene. I remember thinking like, oh, okay, that's his personality. That's just like a mental adjustment I have to make. So it has nothing to do with acting in, in a way. It's just like, mm -hmm. oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I, I know exactly what you mean. Yes, it's like you're, res you're responding to the person, the actor, not even remotely the character or the play you're in. Yeah, it's almost like you say to yourself, like, I now have to adapt myself to sort of, you know, not fight against him, but try to work with his idiocy. I know, I, I know those actors. We're not listening to each other. Let's do a Meisner exercise. So how do you shut that down? I mean, do, you know, do you say, well, actually, I don't work that way. Full stop. And then what? I know. I know. I don't know. It's like when you consider what you have to put up with, it's amazing that anything is decent at all. I do find in the best of all possible worlds, people... And, and granted, we're not going to always get these situations, but 
people are very enjoying of the process. I mean, I, I do think, I think actors enjoy it. It's just, and periodically you get somebody who does performance the first, you know, the first read through. I mean, look, the first note that Stella gave in the first script analysis class that I took was, if you're waiting for the director to help you, you are going to be dead in the water. And she basically was making it clear to us that we are in control and we must know everything. We must have a very, very clear picture because we will be the only person who knows. And, you know, that's why week after week after week after week and a hundred episodes, we keep trying to break through it. There is no real answer to the question, what do I do when my partner sucks? You know, if I look back on an entire career when I think how few actors I worked opposite who were fabulous. I mean, you remember them on hand. I mean, it's, it's like reading opposite that actor in the 70s, Tom Aldridge, who was auditioning for the Tennessee Williams play. I mean, my God, he was so good that he made me good. I mean, it was, it, it, it was unbelievable. I mean, when he started, I thought, oh, my God. And I just, I knew, I knew how good he was. And I just let him pull me up to his level. And I went with it. And he pulled me up to where he was. And I rode the crest of how brilliant he was. I've never forgotten it. Hey, everybody, it's Walker Vreeland, producer of I Don't Need an Acting Class. The podcast is conceived and hosted by Milton Justice, and our music is provided by Jeffrey Keezer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. And thanks so much for listening.